0: Coach Cass, I'm dropping in really quick. Before we get started, I need your help. need your help with this podcast. If you love this podcast, take a few seconds, hit subscribe, and rate us five stars. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, scroll down a little bit, down to ratings and reviews, tap the five stars, and it literally takes seconds. It helps me out. It helps the podcast out. And if you really want to go the extra mile, write a review. Yes. Thank you so much for your help. Please share with someone you think will benefit from listening in. Thank you for helping to really help this podcast grow. Now onto the show. Today, we have the Pontons. Ah! All the way from Louisiana, so I'm gonna go ahead and bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. I'm so excited to see you guys. Hey guys, hey.
1: Hey. How are
0: you doing? Yeah. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. So. I'm really excited to have you guys on today's show, really to hear your story. There is nothing off limits. You could talk about Anything. And When I say anything, I mean anything. We want to hear your story from the male perspective and the female perspective. Now, I know for a fact that the two of you are executives in academia in your hometown. You know, you've been doing so many things, accomplished so many things. So how the heck did you even find love? So let's start on your Side, Rusty. Let's talk to the man in the house. Ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> also a member of a fraternity, right,
1: Rusty? Yes, I am. Not that fraternity, but the other one. High School with Alpha Phi Alpha, Fraternity <laughs> Incorporated. <Okay.
0: laughs> It's cold. It's cold. It's cold in this house. <laughs> Don't let them out. Okay, here we go. So here we go, Rusty. So tell me, as a man, right? As a man, because I know for a fact there'll be a lot of single women also watching this show. As a man, can you give us some insight on the man side of what the heck were you thinking when you were single? Like, did you date many people? Were you just out there looking for the one? Like, were you a low down dirty dog? Like, Tell us
1: something, Rusty. Tell us something. Well, first of all, I've been an academic, uh, high education academic for over 30 years. I coached for 20 years. So as a coach, you're kind of devoted to what you do. And in the process, if you have the opportunity to date, find someone special, then yes, that's that's wonderful. I was kind of married to my job. I did date, and no, I wasn't that woof-woof. But I kind of really dedicated my uh, my life to my coaching and to my students at the university. I'm a very student-centered person, so it kind of t- t- takes all of your time. And during that time, I when I did date, if you were in the area and you're long distance, I was always on the road most of the time, most of the year. So it's not a lot of time a lot of downtime where you get a chance to kind of quality time that you really get a chance to, to you know, like to... to Kind of get with someone that you can kind of really say, okay, let's let gel. So uh, during that time, and then one year led to the next, and then I had pretty much said, okay, hey, I think my window is about closed. Um, I'm I'm in upwards of 50 years old now, so um, it might be it might not happen for me. For me personally, it was just a situation that I had not found that right person. I dated I dated individuals who were good people, could have been great wives, but I just I wasn't in the same space in the same time for those individuals.
0: Mm, So Rusty, my question to you is, do you think it was more of timing? That was also a big thing. You came to a point of time in your life where you said, you know what? I need me a wife.
1: Well, it was more so not so much needed. It was more so I wanted to share some of the things that I had that I've been able to amass and some of the good things that I've been able to put myself, situations I've been able to put myself in. And I wanted to share that with someone. And the so it happens to be that person that I wanted to share that with. I mean she has a beautiful heart. She's one of those special individuals who will do everything she can to take care of you and take care of those around her. So um that really attracted me to her. And that's kind of like where I'm at and where where I'm at in my life and where I've always been I should say. So that's what attracted me to her and kind of like she she caught me right before the, the finish line, the bachelor finish line. I was almost there. <laughs> And she caught me. She caught my eye. She caught my heart. And the rest is history.
0: Oh, beautiful. So, D, tell us from the single lady side, where were you? Were you fed up and frustrated with the dating scene? Were you like, you know what? Forget this thing. I'm not dating anymore. Or were you still open to love? Like, where were you when this love bug bit you? I think I've always been, like, open
2: to love. I don't think I've ever just been like, nah, that's not for me. Even, like, having bad luck at sometimes that's how we met actually. but I think when I was getting ready to move back home to Gramlin the second time, well no it was the first time. Mm-hmm. the first time that I moved back home, one of my good friends who's like a little sister to me named Tasha, I was packing up and I think I was just venting to her and just telling her about you know this is for the birds, I'm going back home. it's the town that I live in is like this big, it's really small. it's not that many eligible bachelors here. And if I was living in Fort Lauderdale, where it was a huge, like, metropolitan area and couldn't really find love like that, then I didn't know what was going to happen coming back to my little small rural time of Gremlin. And so then she, that's when she told me that she had the perfect person for me. And she was like, it's Coach B. And so then I was like, okay. Well, I mean, I already knew him because everyone knows him in Gremlin because he's like Mr. Gremlin pretty much. Or like the kids all think of him as the godfather at Gremlin State University. So... It's not that he's not known. So I definitely knew who he was. I knew he had a great heart. I knew he could cook. So all those great things. <laughs> you knew
1: all of that?
2: <laughs> yeah, all, all of that. All of that together. So she hooked us up. And then when I got home, then we, well, actually, no, we started talking before. Right. Before right. I moved home, we started talking on the phone a little bit. And so then when I got here, that's when we tried the dating thing out, like part one. Cycle one is what I call it. Okay. And so it yeah.
0: didn't quite work out
2: that cycle
0: what happened what happened in cycle one why didn't it work out
1: it was it was again at that point at that point i wasn't ready for to to settle down and get married that kind of thing again i was still coaching i was still doing a lot of things as a matter of fact i was going through a process that i thought i would be leaving grandma so um at that particular point now you're bringing someone else into a relationship now you're about to leave and i didn't think that was fair and i knew i wasn't ready at that particular point to say okay this is the person I want to spend the rest of my life with,
2: and he wasn't ready to give up bacon. I was on this whole no more eating bacon oh, kid. Oh, and he she was, was like, like,
1: "Oh, no, no meats, no, you're not eating any meat." And I was like, "Excuse me," she's like, "No meats, no meats." I was like, "No, that's not gonna work. That's not gonna work."
2: <laughs> I think it was the bacon. Put
0: <laughs> bacon in my pot. He's like, "What?"
2: <laughs> yeah, I think it was the bacon, but <laughs> oh, <laughs> so man. he kicked to the curb. You know, my poor little heart was just broken. He was just like, nah, it ain't going to work out for us. And so. Oh,
0: yeah. man. So how many years until y'all got together again? Well,
2: I moved back to South Florida, you know, because I was heartbroken. That's
1: not why she moved back. Let me just make sure I put that was not why she moved back. Then. She moved back because this big old town of Bramlin <laughs> was this big. And she was like, oh, my God, there's no place to go eat. There's no entertainment, there's no, nothing like <laughs> Fort Lauderdale, you know, nothing like that. So she's like, I'm out of here.
2: <laughs> okay. So I moved back to Fort Lauderdale and I was there for about three years or so. And so then um, during that time, my dad's health had started being not ideal. And so then I found myself coming home and things of that nature to make sure he was okay. And it was just better for me to just move back home again. And that was about two thousand seventeen, and so I was able to secure a job in this area, and then that's when we started trying again. Well, well, I was in a relationship when I moved back.
0: So, ha uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> Wait a second! Wait a second! Wait, a second. Wait a second.
2: <laughs> So yeah, so yeah, I was in a relationship and everything, and so I thought that that was gonna go. The way that you know, and he was looking to move in the Grambling and everything too, and so just when I got here, things just you know, things just happened, and then I actually started dating someone else.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> so you see, <laughs> I'm, too, I'm, too, coach, I'm too coach. I'm too <laughs> oh, removed. I mean. am too removed, right? Yeah.
2: So this one was a distance relationship as well, and I mean. And I would, had high hopes for that one. It was a great guy, and, but things just didn't Way work across.
0: out. Where did you meet these two individuals? Because ladies always want to know, where did you meet? So where did
2: you Oh, the him? first one in Fort Lauderdale, it was at work. So <laughs> I met him at work. And so he worked in the IT department. And so, I mean, you always have, you need help or something <laughs> when you're at work with your computer.
0: So that's how I met him. And then, what was the second? The second person? Where did you meet him?
2: The second one I actually met when I was in college. He was my college sweetheart, <sighs> and so then we Literally just going to
0: work out. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> Look at you! Stop! <laughs> <laughs> I got
0: my, my big glass of water for this one.
2: Mm-hmm. So yes. So that didn't quite work out that way either. And all during this time, we were still friends and talking. I worked on the first floor in the building and he was on the second floor. So we would like see each other, chat it out. Our departments were always overlapping in some type of way because we were both in like student centered areas of the university. Um, And so then it was, we just kept a really good relationship, a good friendship. And so then you know he started with
1: the girl. Yeah. And, and coach, let me say this too: both of the guys, that she, both of those guys, were really good guys. So okay. it's not like she was. They know, were. I, I it, lucked up. I really right. did. I uh, had. They were, they're good guys. Good guys. So nice. I mean, so
2: they are. <laughs> yeah. So no, they they were, and I think they're still single. So I mean, so one is in the New Jersey, New York area, and one is now in um, Fort Pierce. In Florida,
0: yeah, right? There might so, be something there that we might have yeah.
2: gainfully employed.
0: <laughs> Start a, a database of exes, you know, like who's says- <laughs> right. <laughs> and
2: you I can do it where mean. we can put reviews and things out. You know, they have a good review, like four stars out of five. Or she's, still up, <laughs> she's still
1: trying to hook people up. She's still trying to hook people up.
0: I love this. I love this. So, how yeah. long were you guys friends before it like started to evolve?
1: We were friends for a while. We were actually friends before she left, you know, the first time, you know, so that was extremely important to me. I mean, I couldn't see myself. I mean, she's beautiful. She's fine. She's sexy. She's all of those things. But uh, for me, it's always been I have to have that connection, that heart connection, that someone who cares about people. She loves animals, maybe more than people. I, you know, sometimes I wonder because she'll throw sometimes. me out of the house. <laughs> For the, for the puppies as opposed to, you know, me. So, um, but all of those traits about her was something that attracted me to her and that let me know that, okay, this is an individual who would give her last and do whatever she could to make others happy. That's pretty much the family background that I come from. And um, my father and mother were married for over 25 years. That's what they had, that's what my grandfather had, you know, so that was, that's what I was looking for.
0: Wow. And so what were you looking for, Dee? I was looking for
2: someone that I think my dad felt really comfortable with because I had dated a lot of guys before. I mean, I wasn't out there like a lady of the night or nothing like that. But but my dad had met a couple of, like, my exes and stuff, and I just didn't really see a spark for for him in that relationship or those people who would really, I guess, respect my relationship that I have with my dad because I'm a daddy's girl. And so I do place him high in my life and things of that nature. I do take care of him whenever he needs something. Um, I also was looking for someone that I'll be able to talk to about different things. I needed someone who I would be able to communicate with and be transparent with. So I wouldn't have to worry about, okay, now what did I tell him about this in my life before? So I needed to make sure it was someone that could know all the dirt, all the skeletons, and I could just really just be free with that person. And so with uh, And so with Rusty I mean that was really who he who he is. I mean, he is an extremely giving person. He never meets anyone that he really doesn't like or anything. He's always trying to help someone. He loves my family. My family absolutely loves him. I think that they love him more than me. <laughs> and really they do. I tell my mama that all the time when I call her and then I was like, "Hey mom," She's just like, "Hey, D." And then he'll say, hey, mine. She's like, hey, Rusty. And I'm like, oh, wow. I know how
0: that <laughs> he, feel. I do. Like
2: we got all of that? Yeah. So um, I definitely wanted to look for someone like that, someone who would, I would not have a problem following or anything, because I have a strong personality. And so
1: I Very, think- <laughs> you know Coach got very strong personality.
0: So I want to so know, have true. that to that. all right. so Rusty, tell me brother how do you deal how do you you know, come together with a strong woman because there are many strong women, right, that say they don't have a problem submitting to the right man, right so all that, all these parameters of who they can or cannot so tell me about that dynamic because you know, as strong women, we're used to things being a certain way, so how do you How do you encompass that? Like, what does that look like in your household?
1: To me, it's respect for her, It's respect for the fact that she has her own mind. She's going to say what she's going to say. We may not agree all the time, but at the the end of the day, I know she's doing what she thinks is right for the right reasons. So that respect for the fact that she is strong, that she is going to say what she's going to say. And I learned this from my father before he passed. Sometimes you'd be like, yes, love. Yes, love. Okay, love. Because it's really not that big a deal to me. When the wall is gray or uh, green or uh, blue, so why am I fighting about that? You know, that's that to me that does So, men, pick your battles wisely. Pick your battles yeah. wisely. If it's not high on your priority, don't make it an issue when it shouldn't be an issue. See, he
2: threw in that gray wall. We just painted the walls gray.
1: <laughs> and so, it's gravity. Gravity. Yeah, it's, it's called
2: gravity. <laughs> and I'm very thankful for his mom and his aunts because they're all extremely strong and very vocal and opinionated women so I think they've already kind of molded him into what he should expect from like a very strong willed woman or a woman with a strong personality as well so it's it's really, it's refreshing when I'm around all the good women in the good old family and everything, and I'm just like, oh yeah, I'm home, this, this feels because good.
1: They tell her, yeah, girl, tell him, girl, tell him, you right, girl, tell him, tell them what you want, tell-. And I was like, okay, y'all can calm down a little bit now.
0: So question, I have another question for you guys. When it came to, okay, now the transition, The transition of going from single to engaged, that's a, that's a big transition. So let's, let's talk about it. You know, I know you're people of faith. So did you wait? Did you not wait? What did you decide on doing with that? Did you, did you do premarital? (laughs) Did you not do premarital? Did you, did you, did you talk about expectations before engagement? Like, what was your process to getting to engagement, right? Because often I tell my ladies, you got to have the SAT. Ladies, you got to feel safe and secure. You got to feel authentic. And you got to feel like you can trust this person. You know, like that's the baseline of at least somebody getting in the category of being your husband. So tell me if you agree with that or disagree with that. And then what did you decide to do to, before you got to the engagement?
1: Well, I think you you said, I mean, you have to have those things. You you have to have, you have to feel safe, you know. And for us, because we were friends prior to it, and she was dating someone else, we didn't just jump into bed together, you know. Yes, she's extremely sexy. She's extremely, you know, sensuous. But the respect was there from the fact that she was seeing someone else. And so we kept that, we kept that separate. Now, when she started not seeing that person as much, then it became that door kind of open, and it was like, "Okay." You all well,
2: on me, girl. I was like, he was "Okay, hey,
1: me. you know, <laughs> somebody, some somebody, gotta make you happy. So let me. Why not me? Why not me?" So, um, I think that um, it was a gradual thing. But again, I have to emphasize the fact that it was that friendship and that trust first before. Mm-hmm. She even thought I might have been like on the other side of the fence, you know, because that was cycle one.
2: That's so old because I was like cycle one. It's extremely
1: important to me, respect. Respect (laughs) is, uh, you weren't trying to rub on her leg, right? Right. So, and and we had established the fact that she had been in some relationships that were, you know, like that she was coming off of that wasn't that she was not pleased with, so that she didn't want to get into those types. So, we like established the fact that we were not going to be sexual. You know, we could be intimate. I was,
2: I was staying the night over here. Cycle one. This is cycle one back, like two thousand twelve. I was staying the night over, and with nothing popping off. And I'm like, "This man, maybe he's gay. she could not believe maybe that Maybe he I doesn't could like resist. me. Like, maybe he doesn't like girls. Maybe he's just gonna be friends. Okay, we could be friends. Yeah, love it. Because <laughs> I just yeah, I she, had, yeah. That that never happened really to me before because usually I stayed the night over to a guy's house and. Uh, you would be like, oh, okay, something's going to pop off most likely. And no, we would be cuddled up and we would just go right on the sleeve. I was like, oh, I don't know what's going on here.
1: <laughs> well, I, I tried to explain to her, Coach, that in, my, in past relationships, they knew that about me, knew that the fact that I could respect that boundary, that we could get, into the intimacy part is so much more special than just the sexual part. Because the sexual part, you know, you can take care of that on your own. I mean, I mean, let's let's be real. But that intimacy part, feeling that connection with someone, feeling that you you can actually merge and not have to go to that 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 part is something that was important to me. Yeah.
2: And I think we started having serious conversations. I wanted to know, you know, what was his long-term plans with me. Like was he gonna be deliberate or anything? Was he looking to a a long-term commitment such as marriage? Or I really didn't want to just be 40, how old was I? 40. 40. (laughs) I didn't want to be 40 and just be dating for three, four, five years. That wasn't what I wanted to do. And so I had already done that in past relationships. I had been dating and been dating for three years and nothing happened of it. So it was just that within myself, I was like, well, I'm going to be dating with a purpose pretty much now. And so I presented that to him. And so I was like, you know, what's up? Are we, do you want to be with me like forever or anything? And I mean, he has a totally different version of it in his head. <laughs> but
1: No, but. I don't. That, that was pretty much what, <laughs> but the thing what I was telling, especially like with what she calls cycle one, and in cycle one, I didn't think that she was ready. And I didn't think that I was ready at that point, even though she was saying that's what she wanted. I didn't think that because she had been in, in relationships that, had failed and you know she had been hurt by and I told her you need you need time to recoup from that you need time to kind of get some of that stuff out of your system and for me when we came back to cycle two then I was in a position I told her I'm at a point in my life that I'm ready to settle down with a single individual. So even when she was dating someone else, I told her I said, well I'm I'm not interested in dating anyone now. You know, so this is a situation for me that if it does not work with the other relationships, uh and, and and it comes back around then yeah we we can do that. So it was a situation where I allowed her to sow her oats. <laughs> you know, because yeah, just go ahead and do what you gotta do. Um, because I really, you know, I really know that I'm at a position in my life and a time in my life that I know that I wanna be with one individual, you know, and date and only that person make a commitment mm-hmm. to that person. Wow. So then we
2: started when we realized that we weren't gonna be serious, um that's he he was Catholic and I was Baptist, and so when we realized we're going to be serious. It was that there are certain like protocols that you have to follow if you're talking about marriage within the Catholic Church. And so his mom is deeply. She's the next thing, next thing to the Blessed
1: Virgin Mother, <laughs> you know. She, like well, yeah, Blessed She's, Virgin Mother. Then it's honey. Mama. Yeah, yes, then it's honey. Mama. So, so Virgin Mary, and then to your mama. Yeah, it's mom. Juliet
0: right after right, that. Right.
2: <laughs> so um. One of the things is that you go through of about almost six months of premarital instruction with the priest. And so then um, he chose the priest that he's known for decades. And so we would go there after the work on was it twice a week or once a week? Once a week. Once on Tuesdays, I think. On Tuesdays after yeah. work, we would go there. And so on the first time, he presented like this little pamphlet. It it reminded no, me of the blue big. <laughs> Yeah. It, it reminded me of the blue books you use when you're taking a test in school. And so it's called the yeah. focus inventory. And it was at least like really 164 questions. I think it was more because I don't think at that time we did the cohabitation part because we didn't really want to tell the priest that we were living together. We
1: were living together.
2: <laughs> and you know, we didn't want to. Well, I don't know why we were thinking that way because it was part of the inventory. So obviously they know people live together. But later on, we came clean and told the priest we were living together. But it's 164 questions or whatnot. And it truly is an inventory of everything. It talks about how you were raised. It talks about how you want to raise your children, how you communicate. It talks about your sex life. It talks about finances. It talks about how you uh, communicate within your family about your relationship as well. Um, what else
1: was it? It was a lot. I mean, it, it was a complete inventory. Yeah, and it was
2: a lot. They didn't leave a single question out, honey. I mean, it was even everything. The, even,
1: even the illicit questions like, are you into kinky sex? Yeah. All of that, yeah. And imagine
2: discussing this with the priest. So it was, and so you fill it out. And then that's pretty much what guides you on your journey through the marital instruction with the priest. He goes through each question with you. And then he actually really only looks at the questions where you either were indifferent or you had different answers. Because we did, a, we did it
1: separate now. We, we, we asked yeah. the inventory separately and then they go back and they, they in separate rooms, separate rooms and they go back and they do a reflection on what. What's separate on your what's good, and he t- it has the whole inventory, mm-hmm. tells you mm-hmm. things that you're compatible about, things that you might want to look at or discuss, that kind of thing. So,
2: yeah, nothing, it's no way to get around touchy subjects. I- with
0: love that i i actually created a product called the love deck which is 60 questions that i believe you should ask before mm-hmm. choosing someone to marry so this will be the next step to that so this is the fun dating stuff but then when y'all yes. are serious yes it's not like the great inventory to take for real mm-hmm. I, I told my sister for yeah. you guys from um let's see let's see latoya who's 43 in stanton oh, that's so no Was there ever a time when you stopped believing in love or that it could happen again? And if so, how did you start believing again? Was there ever a time that you stopped Mm -hmm. believing in love?
2: I don't think for me. I've never been. I've always been optimistic and I guess I've always felt like it was going to happen. I mean, I just wanted to figure out, like, when is it going to happen? I guess. I just didn't know when, but I never gave up on dating. And so I think that I've seen that with some of my friends before that they're just like, well, you know what? I'm just going to be by myself or whatnot. And they just give up on dating. And I don't, I never had that moment in my life. And I don't, I don't know why I didn't, (laughs) but I just, I was always open to trying different things and even trying different races. Um, So those, those types of things will happen. And
0: (laughs) (laughs) she still came back. I got you. I got you.
2: So so I I dated tall, short, smart, uh, not so smart, thuggish, you know, so all of, all of those things, just to see if I could get it right. So I don't think I ever just gave up on it. It just—I don't know. I—I I don't really. No, I never gave up on love because I always felt like you know it was going to happen for me one day. Now when? I
1: don't know. I've been fortunate to love some some very special people in my life over my over my lifetime, and um, no, I never I never gave up on love. I I think that I've loved people um, regardless of whether we're in a relationship or not. You know, and I don't think there's a situation that I've been in that if you can sit here and say you love someone, if that person didn't abuse you or didn't do something just totally to to kind of like betray your trust and you just grew apart or you just weren't, then that's still loving the life of that individual. So, no, I didn't. I didn't think I didn't give up on love. I, I kind of joke about the end of the, the end of the race and I got tripped. You know, she yeah. tripped me right at the end <laughs> of the race. You know that kind. Of, but no, I um I. I see so much love around me for my family, in this case, going into another family. So, no, I never I never gave up on love.
2: Yeah, and it wasn't that I was just sitting around, like, doing this either, waiting for the next guy to come around. I had my friends and things of that nature. Right. And so, I mean, that will occupy sometimes. And then, you know, my friends would sometimes be my wing girls and everything if we were out at Blue Martini or something like that, going out, or or even sometimes I would just be alone. Like, I would go and eat dinner by myself. I would go to the movies by myself. And then that actually makes it less intimidating, I guess, for someone to approach you to, because then I would sit at the bar at Blue Martini. I love that flatbread, and they would have live band, and I would just sit right there and are either true luck because they have one of the best happy hours if they're in the Fort Lauderdale area. Cause of course I'm back in Grambling it's like this big. So none of that exists here, but like true lucks had live music. And so those would be professional men who will be coming into there doing a the happy hour and it's decent pricing. So I just, I, you just have to keep yourself open really.
0: I love that. So that is something that I speak to women about is like, if you, The the weirdest thing to me is that women specifically will say, well, you know, love's not for me, so I'm just going to focus on my career. What is that? We don't say, oh, well, a job is not for me, so I'm just going to focus on staying at home. You know, it's just Mm -hmm. (laughs) like love is the only thing that we say that's not for me or it didn't work out, so forget it. You know, like, no, keep open. You're still doing what you normally do, but there's a, a specific mindset shift that happens when you say no thank you versus yes and you know it's just yeah. literally saying yes and and these two are showing us that look they both stayed open to love and they loved and they lost love and that's okay because they found yeah. love again i'm so excited to jump out yeah. again. and just be open
2: don't always be looking for the same thing because i'm telling you like some of my exes it they are along the spectrum it's just like oh she dated you and none of them look alike really i don't have a type i don't do that so I mean, it also let me know that I was just terrible with picking people because I just I didn't have a type. But well, I mean, girl, <laughs> this is the best
0: ever. But yeah. I that I didn't do on my own. <laughs> so many women's pickers are broken, right? So it's like it's okay yeah. to admit that you got a, a broken picker. Like this is why my profession exists, right? Sometimes we pick folk and you look back and you're like, well, what was I Is yeah. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. But now yeah. you have an awesome booth. So now, okay, so now you're you're moving towards engagement. And now you're like, okay, here we go. We're, we're, we're engaged. Do you want to share your engagement story? How did he propose?
2: Uh, well, I went to go through the marital instruction again, just hitting back there. I, we were discussing because I had to give the priest my baptismal certificate and everything because there are a lot of steps for marrying a Catholic person when you're not Catholic. So, um, and so there are a lot of agreements and promises that you make as well. And one of them was that since we were going to be an interfaith relationship, that I would have to agree that my children would be raised Catholic. And so I was just like, okay, then sure. I'd go along with that one. That works for me. And, but the thing is, I like, well, who's going to go with me to church on Sunday because they're going to be in mass and then I will be at my good Baptist church. So I just decided that I would just convert so that we could keep like one unit for our family. So then we started, I started the conversion. uh, It was called RCIA for Ritual Christian Initiation for Adults. And so then I was kind of like on the speed track for that because we need to get it done by Easter. And I was starting around sometime in October, November-ish. Or whatnot, but since we're from a small parish, they were able to pretty much double up on things for me uh, so that I would be prepared by Easter. So Easter comes around and so it's time for my confirmation. And I'm really excited. I have all my family there and my sisters, my aunt is there, my mom and dad are there. And I always told him that I wanted like if he proposed, well, actually not if it was more like when he actually has to step away. It was more like, when you uh, when you propose, then I would like for my family to be there. And so um, I thought that maybe that would be the time, but then after my confirmation, we were having the reception. And so um, that's when he called me up and said, oh, I have something for D. And So I go up there and it's a flat box. I mean, it was flat. And I was like, it ain't no ring in there. So. Please. She wasn't
1: even thinking about no <laughs> ring at that time.
2: I, I was I mean because it would have been good at that time everybody was there so I was like that's not a ring so let me just fix my face let me play this off because I thought it was going to be a ring so I opened up the box and it's this nice beautiful rosary and I'm showing everybody and so then I'm turning around and then I turned around and he was on a knee and then my mama is screaming and running from the side of the, the area my sisters are screaming and everything and so then he had asked me to marry, and I was like, yay, yes. See what, she did,
1: what she didn't know, <laughs> Coach, was that when, we, when, when I went into the, the process of going through the process of the, pre, the, the pre-marriage counseling, I had made up my mind at that point that this was going to be the person that I was going to marry. So when we had actually completed the process, on uh, the pre-marriage counseling process, I had already gotten the ring. But I was getting these little hints. I don't see no ring on this finger. Ain't no ring on my this My hand finger. was light. That's my what hand, I was saying. My, my hand, hand is light. light. You know, and I already like picked up the ring. <laughs> Six and,
0: months of classes,
1: brother. <laughs> know, yeah, so she was like, I was like, okay. And it was important that it would be a surprise and that her family would be there. And I knew this was the time that her family was going to be there and everything, so it was a perfect opportunity. So she said she, she wasn't... Thinking about she was she was the cause he ain't got no ring yet my finger light my finger light <laughs> his hand is light you know so and that box was flat and that, so yeah <laughs> so she wasn't <laughs> expecting it.
0: this is no ring and how many people did y'all have at your wedding
2: three fifty <laughs> And that was small we had our wedding on a Thursday morning at eleven o'clock in the morning and so like I said he's like Mister Gramlin and the guy following everyone and he had been single. For 55 years. So, <laughs> I mean, people wanted to see this man what? get married. They, 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 they didn't nothing believe,
1: about me. They didn't believe it was happening. They're like, they're they like, couldn't
2: have cared less about me. It was, oh, we're going to go and see Coach speaking get married. Like, students, faculty. We had, like, the president at his university, at Grandland State, was just like, I got tired of signing leave requests for people because they were coming to your wedding. <laughs> So it was, I mean, it, we got married in only like four and a half months. So we became engaged in April on April twenty 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 first 21st, mm-hmm. Easter, April. I just leave it with that. And so then we got married on September 12th. So it was fast because he was just like, no, nah, we're not going to wait. And then I had to work, he's athletic director as well. So I had to work with the football schedule and then look and see, okay, when is an open weekend for the football team? And then, okay, now let's move that to a Thursday so then we can kind of celebrate and have the weekend and everything too. But it was, I was kind of shocked that still 350 people took off work and came to an 11 o'clock in the morning wedding. Wow. But we had a good time. We had a second line band. We had amazing food, shrimp and grits, some some don't, fish. Don't
0: make me hungry, Dee, don't make me hungry. hungry. So <laughs> tell yeah, me it was good. Well, what you say to those who are still single, over 40, like, what would you what would you say to someone that's like,
1: you know, I don't know, where? Well, uh, to me, I would say life is just starting. You know, life, you are in a much better place in life to know what you don't want, know what you do want, and to make conscious decisions that you don't feel like you're pressured into doing something because of the unknown. Um, probably by the time you're 40, you've dated, like, as Dee said, you've dated different types, you know, so you can basically say, nah, I'm not going that way. Or, I would like to go in that direction. So to me, um, that age, and I know it's a cliche, it's only a number, but it is. I mean, you've got the rest of your life to be happy with someone.
0: Well,
2: I'm gonna, I agree with that. But just speaking, I would say from a woman's perspective, because like we're going through IVF right now. And so I just have to be realistic on the, the numbers and the statistics for that. So if you're a woman over 40 who hasn't had any children, then you may want to start looking at some alternative ways to maybe preserve your fertility components. And I would say looking at freezing your eggs or whatnot because I was just on a call yesterday with an IVF group and there was a fertility nurse telling us that after 35, your fertility rate drops like 60%. So it's, it's just that... Um, definitely I'm, t- I'm not wanting people to settle, but maybe keep that because that was not something that I had thought or ever thought that I would be experiencing right now, like I had done my career, I like finally made up like this is who I'm looking for, this is my line in the sand, nothing below this is gonna work out. I got the great man and everything, and then now we're trying to start a family. It's like, well, damn, okay, <laughs> so now we got to deal with this so um, So those are things that I would say to maybe look into is not inexpensive. Um, So, I mean, just with at least just freezing the eggs because I'm 42 and then just going through just worrying about the quality of my eggs at this time and making sure I took all the supplements, then that was something that I really had to think about finding love after 40. But that's just on the, if you want to have natural biological children, because, can definitely adopt as well or have a surrogate or have donor eggs, all those good things. But as far as with dating, I think that you just have to know exactly what you want and what you're not willing to settle for um, and making sure that you're not compromising yourself either in that process, trying to please someone or trying to fit yourself into who you think that that man wants you to be so that they choose you or either if you know that the man is dating more than one because it's hard out here if you know he's dating more than one, you're up here always trying to make sure that you're like the lead horse or something. So you're doing all these things that <laughs> yes, you do all these things that if you have to try and keep it up, it's going to be exhausting. So that's why I was saying that it was very important that when we were dating, that I found someone who could just accept who I was, because I mean, I don't wear makeup or anything of that nature. I don't like always be dressed to the nine. I don't, I always do, like, a lot of the glamorous things, like, throughout the day. That's not who I am throughout the day. Sometimes I come in, well, a lot of times I come in and I just throw my clothes on the floor. So it had to be someone who was going to be okay <laughs> with that. So just making sure that you're comfortable with who you are authentically and finding that person or being able to recognize that person who is also okay with who you are authentically.
0: See, and and you made me specifically think of one client I have who's fifty and was dating a guy. And every time she went on a date with this guy, he'd say, "You gonna wear that, girl? Me. You gonna wear those tied boots again?" Oh, she's like, "I thought we were just going to the movies, and I just have on a sweater and jeans." He's like, "You don't want to dress up a little?" She's like, "This is dressed up." I say, "You need to let that man go, girl. You need to let
1: him go. How we to see that?"
0: Yeah, because, I mean, that's the person that
2: you're going to be living with for the rest of your life. And who wants to be on eggshells forever? I mean, that's just...
0: You just reminded me of a date I went on. I went to Jazz (laughs) Gardens, which is a big concert down here in South Florida. Yeah, I love it. It 60,000 people, and it was supposed to rain. So I wore a sweatshirt, mom jeans, some regular sneakers, and my guy was like... That's what you wore. You couldn't wear a sundress. I'm like, it is 60 degrees outside. And it's raining.
2: And then that's not pavement. Yes. <laughs> you gonna be in the mud.
0: <laughs> in the mud. In the mud. Like, I am not trying to be cute. I'm trying to jam and keep warm with this tarp on, you know? And so mm-hmm. just the way that he shamed me. I was just like, oh. Yeah, definitely.
2: And don't be afraid to seek help. I mean. Like, like I say, it was my girlfriend. Yeah, like you. My girlfriend was sitting in my living room, and she was like, I have the perfect person for you because they've seen who you've been dating and everything, and they've had, like, this view. Like, you've been in this aquarium, like, for them, your friends, and they've been watching everything because they're your friends. And then, I mean, and they know exactly what didn't work out or who that guy was.
0: <laughs> I tell y'all that D had a good friend, but a lot of times, Our friends are like the blind leaders in the blind, you
2: know. Uh, (laughs) Well, yes, that's a good disclaimer.
0: Friend, but not not every friend is like that. That's true. (laughs) No, on that because our friends will make up all these bubbles of fairy tales in their mind, and then have all your dreams Mm -hmm. come crashing down. So
2: yeah, see, I don't have any friends like that. All like, my entire bridal party are type A women, and they are very blunt. all from a Give your shout
0: out I you. Had,
2: Well, yes, you know, for the deltas. Oh, <laughs> but I, I was actually divided. I had three deltas and three AKAs. And so, what? yeah, my bridal you party girls,
0: was...
2: You ain't got no... Okay. I <laughs> <had any> S-E-Rolls. <laughs> I'm sorry. Right. But they are... They are some of the most honest women and I know that they love me and I know that they wanted to see me find love and I know that they wanted to see me happy. There's never been any type of jealousy or anything with any of my friends, which is why I know that I'm extremely blessed to have six women in my life who provide that for me. And so I I trust them completely with if they were to fix me up on dates. Like I had one girlfriend, um, she came out to South Florida and met somebody I was dating. She was like, oh, hell no. She's like, this is not what you should be doing. How in the hell do you deal with this?
0: <laughs>
2: and of course, that didn't work out. <laughs> but,
0: you know, <laughs> friends will tell you like it is sometimes. You're like, "Ooh," Which is why I also tell my clients, like, you can't date in a bubble, right? So oftentimes what happens with dating is you just date that person in, like, a, a small corner over here. And then you bring them out when you're engaged and everybody's like, Uh, red flag, red flag, you're like, what, Mm -hmm. I'm in love, so that's horrible, what's beautiful is that you guys had your circles involved, so that you were able to actually see clearly, you know, and and I commend you for that, because so many people date in silos, which is a serious issue, so we're gonna do a lightning round, okay, guys, y'all ready for the lightning round, you got your papers, so let me, let me, let me pin my video real quick, so you guys know what the lightning round is. I asked them five questions, either or, and they were supposed to answer what they think their spouse—hey, stop cheating—would uh. <laughs> have said. Okay, so this is natural reactions. Very, very simple. This is the lightning round. Okay, all right. So here we go, guys. Reggae or R and B? Put up your paper. Let's see. Reggae. R and B. Is it right?
1: No. Yes. Well, no, you prefer reggae or I, R&B? No, I, no I, I prefer, yeah, that's right. I prefer R&B. Yeah. Prefer reggae. Yes. No. I mean, yeah. You like me. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. You right here.
0: Okay, here we go. Chicken or pork chops? <laughs> Neither. Neither.
1: You're vegetarian.
0: Fried pork chops. Are you a fried pork chop type of guy? Yes,
1: yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes. And I'm a pescatarian, right. so I don't eat
0: I, either one of those. Right. Okay, so... <laughs> Okay, so for number three, I want you to answer for you out loud. So I'm going to say New York or Jamaica, and then you say your answer, like your what you would answer, and okay. then throw your things up. Okay, all right? Mm-hmm. New York or Jamaica? Jamaica.
1: Jamaica. <laughs> ah,
0: let's see, let's see. <laughs> Jamaica. All right. Jamaica. Dishes or diapers? <laughs> diapers. diapers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can't see yours, rusty. Let me see your paper. Make sure you're not, you're not cheating. Okay, diapers. Okay, here we go. All right. Work from home or go to work?
1: Home. Yeah. So no, I want to go to work.
2: <laughs> oh, okay. You want to go to work. Okay, we got that right. Okay. Because I want to stay at home. And so he he likes to go to work. I like to go to work.
0: <laughs> you like to go to work? You sure you didn't yeah. just change your answer at the last second?
2: No, no, no. No, this is the one I was worried about. I wasn't sure what was going to happen, especially like, you know, right now. <laughs> We're both at home.
1: We're both at home now, and I'm going to go to work. I'm going to find a way to go to work.
2: <laughs> he loves people. I mean, and he enjoys making sure the students are okay. So I'm, I'm not surprised. Yeah.
0: Oh my goodness! I oh, it. Yeah. So our interview is coming to an end. You guys have been doing really awesome. I totally appreciate you. Is there any parting words? Is there anything that maybe I didn't touch on that you want to? share anything anything at all there is an age gap with you guys like how did you yeah. adjust to that was that a thing or did you say ah whatever
2: i think it was more i was, he has more energy than me he's um 13 years <laughs> wait i'm 42 and i'm 56 13. but you're about to be 43 But 13 i'm not the math person he's the matter so it's 13 years between us but i mean he looks great for 56 And so, and the funny thing is that people always—well, not always. A lot of the times that (laughs) they'll be like, "Oh, is your, you know, does your daughter want anything or anything like that?" And so that's that's hilarious. (laughs) And so now I was like, "Well, Daddy, what should I get?" I think when they ask that
1: question, I say, "Well, she does call me Daddy sometimes."
2: (laughs) (laughs) But no, that hasn't been a problem
1: at all. And I
2: mean, that could be something. For those ladies who are 40 thinking that you should only date between 35 and 45 or whatnot. Girl,
0: it is a thing. I'll tell out. you right now. They'll be like, oh no, I don't want anybody older that I have to take care of. I was like, how are you so sure you, you're you not the one that's going to have to be taken care of? So you can't yeah. do
2: that. Right? He circles around me. Like his energy level is ridiculous. And I mean, I would definitely say jump out and meet those 50 plus year old men. I mean, look, hello. <laughs> So I mean, you can definitely—he's fifty-six. <laughs> so I mean, just it, have fun with that. Right. Don't don't limit yourself to like. Don't limit your pool like that. I mean, being a forty-year-old dating, you really can't date somebody from like thirty-ish or even thirty all the way up into sixty or more, depending on how they take care of
0: themselves.
1: And, and I, I would like to say that about that fifty-six point. Everybody who knows me. um, well, my family, they, longevity has been, my grandfather lived mm-hmm. to be 97. And it was only until he was like 95, 90, 94, 95 that he started slowing down. So he outlived three women. Not saying I want you to go nowhere, baby. But, <laughs> uh, but um, he, he had three wives and he outlived all three of, the, three of his wives. So uh, I, I, I just look at it like if, if you're young at heart, you keep yourself healthy i don't do a lot of things that maybe some people would do yeah he
2: don't
1: drink i, I don't drink i don't smoke um, i love i love activity and being around being <laughs> around college age kids really really keeps you young i mean from the dance to the lingo to the you know whatever he loves
0: so. to dance i mean okay, yeah talking over here yeah, y'all, y'all got the TikTok dances going. I told him I was
2: like, "We going to quarantine. We doing all the TikTok dances. So be on the lookout for that, <laughs> honey. As soon as I can learn these little dances, I'm on it and popping. I yeah, can't.
0: It's a little Oh snap! Oh snap! Oh, Break it down. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. Yeah, thank at, you. Married uh, after forty, you guys. This is the Pontons. So please hashtag Rusty and D if you love them. Please do hashtag Married After 40. Please follow us, all that good stuff. Thank you guys so much for joining us. And don't forget to subscribe and tune into the next episode. Share this video with a friend. You know, we're spreading the love, guys. Married After 40, love is possible. This is Coach Cass, your host. God bless you. Have a great day. Hey, beautiful. What's up? It's Coach Cass. Now, let me tell you, I have a private masterclass coming up called Dial Into Your Feminine Side. Yes, honey, dial into your feminine side. So if you've ever been called intimidating or you're wondering, okay, I am i have to be the boss in the boardroom, but how do I be feminine? How do I become feminine when it comes to my love life? How do I flip that switch? How do we talk about masculine versus the feminine and how to dial into it? It's a private masterclass and i I am inviting you as my guest. It's a no cost to you. All you have to do is email coach at inspiremany.com with your name, number, and email address. And I'll send you over the link. Well, me or one of my teammates. All right, guys, I'll see you on November 17th at 6 30 PM. Go ahead, get your spot right now. Email coach at inspiremany.com. See you later. Bye.